Some of you know that I've often said I'm from the south side of heaven. You have people inside the Senate. You have people that are supposed to be on your side. Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong. They have lied to us about everything. The border, the elections. I remember America and the American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? You know where I'm going with this. We are fighting a war against principalities. We are fighting a war against evil. I pray that we get to look into the eyes of every single child in this country proudly, that those children can look back and be proud of us, knowing that yes. we fought for them. Men, I don't talk with empty words. Those teaching aids, those are called balls. Gentlemen, I've given you back your balls. You only got one? Improvise. God's given us a chance to make it right. He's created a remnant for a reason. You are the remnant. I want you to know we're winning. God is with us. And in the end, we know how this ends. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. And I am Ash Epp. Uh, how Ash, you doing, Joe? I'm good. I'm good. I think yeah. we fixed it. Yeah. I, well, don't jinx it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I, just so everybody knows, we've had some audio issues in the great state of Texas, and uh, I, I wanted to make sure that we could fix it, so we spent all night fixing it, and it seems to be working, so you shouldn't have any lag. And we shouldn't talk over each other, so that, that'll be really good. Well, I might still talk over you, but it won't be because of technology issues. <laughs> All right, so we have a great show. We have a great show planned today. We have a lot of content. There's um, there's a lot there's a lot going on, and uh, you know we we've been uh, understandably focused on the shooting that happened in Texas last week, and um, you know kind of picking apart and evaluating the angles of uh, the, the different angles of, of what happened in Uvalde, Texas. But we're going to shift gears a little bit today, um, though not totally un unrelated, because we are going to talk about the FBI. <laughs> and uh, as we know, the FBI, um, the FBI is everywhere. Well, I mean, I think the, the one thing that we as a, as a population should understand is that there are, it's a two-tier two justice system, one that they actually create for themselves and one they create for everybody else. And it's a system of persecution, not prosecution. And I find myself, Ash, we were, we were talking about this a couple of days ago um, with this, uh, one, of the, one of these guys that works at, the, the, uh, at DCF Guns. And we were talking about unequal application of the Constitution for black and brown people and white people. Now, before you guys get upset and say that's not true, let, let me just quickly just divert and, and, and just tell you about this conversation. So this is the guy that runs memberships. Um, he is an awesome. He's also from the Washington, D.C. area. He's just an awesome guy. And we were sitting there talking about, you know, whether or not the people within uh, urban areas feel like um, they could get access to guns, right? That, they, that, they, that guns are for them. Like the Second Amendment applies to black and brown people um, in, the, in the inner city. And right? it or does. Not even the city. It, it does. It absolutely but that, does. That's not, <clears throat> that's not necessarily what they think. 
Right. Right. They think that, and and why this this conversation came about is because we were talking about uh, a friend that I played football with, who had a high point. And if anybody that knows what a high point is, <clears throat> it's basically a boat anchor. And it was sitting in the in the middle console, and I asked him, "Are you going to throw that out as an anchor in case of emergency to slow the car down?" And he laughed at me. And I go, "Why do you have this gun?" I mean, why, why would you choose a high point? He goes, I don't know. My, my homeboy gave it to me. And I was like, oh, all right. So it's not legal. And he goes, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. As he's looking around, like, is anybody listening here? And I go, bro, do you, do you, have, a, do you have a felony record? Or do you have a domestic violence deal? Have you? I mean, he goes, no, no. So, so the reason why I say this two-tier justice system is because People walk around, and, and this is where I start to understand, you know, people in the inner city, inner city, minorities in the inner city, and the fact that they can they can create an environment where they feel like everyone's trying to stab them, that that the white person is trying to hold them down. It has nothing to do with the white person. It has to do with the elitist group of people that gets to do and say whatever they want to people. And the and the reason why this is such a powerful thing is I was like, listen, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to come down to DCF guns. Now this was four years ago. This happens. So we're telling this story and uh, I want to, I want to get you a legal gun, right? We're going to get rid of that high point, get your legal gun. And then I'm going to have you take a CCW class. So you actually get your concealed carry and you're going to, you you can still roll and protect, protect yourself, but you need to do so legally. You need to understand the, the, the responsibility of owning a gun. So this is fast forward four years later. You know, the, the, it, it changed his life. I never thought that understanding a constitutional right and being able to understand how to how to carry a firearm and why what the responsibility is for it meant until I saw him four years later. You know, and it's unbelievable. The, the change in him is unbelievable. And I asked him, you know, probably six months ago, you know what? Hey, you've done incredibly well. You're you're doing awesome. You know, it's, it's one thing for somebody to recognize where it came from, but he said, Joe, that, that conversation you had with me changed my life. It didn't change my life, meaning that I just one day woke up and I was a different person. He goes, but the pressure that I felt knowing that I could get hemmed up at any point, I could get arrested for DWB, right? Which in the, in the inner city, that's a real thing. In, the, in Democrat controlled environments, getting pulled over for driving while black is a real thing. I don't care what you say. It's a real thing. Yeah. And so I, but I, I, you know, he said that it wasn't, it wasn't, and he articulates it to that moment. It, it wasn't the fact that you pointed out the fact that I had a gun that I shouldn't have had, that it was, it was, I illegally held. It's the fact that it, it took the pressure away. So even if I'm pulled over, I'm legitimate. Like I've, I'm doing all the right things. Now it might not stop an, an incident from happening if you just have a, a bad egg but it allowed him to let the pressure go. And so now he's, he's, he sees, he saw himself as legitimate, but I remember when he walked into the, the DCF, he like looked around the corner as if that guy was going to jump out of the closet. Like the police were going to jump out of the closet and get him for something he did wrong years ago. And so I think that, you know, part of the process, education process is letting people know, you know, that, that the FBI is not there to protect you. That the police don't have an obligation to protect you. And, and that the Democrat party specifically is designed to, to build a mirage. It's like putting a wall in front of you that you, they want to, they want to sell you a bag of goods. It's just not true. 
in hopes that you know that you'll you'll see it as a as a right and that the white man's trying to hold you down when in actuality it's the it's the it's the democrats it's the radical leftists it's the people that really would just want to destroy everything this country stands for okay i'm done with my diatribe yeah no i mean i would i would agree with you i would and i i do this all the time but you know for me it's not radical leftists it's uniparty cabal because they're all in this together, right? All of the people who are trying to take your legal right to carry a firearm away, and, and, and really what it comes down to is a legal right to self-defense. You have a legal right to self-defense, both inside and outside of your home, and they wanna take that away. Meanwhile, all of the people who wanna take away your legal right to self-defense, your legal right to carry a firearm are protected by guns. Right. Joe Biden has been protected by guns his entire career. Nancy Pelosi has been protected by guns her entire career. But they want you to be more vulnerable because that makes you more controllable. And, so, and I, think the sad, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I think the sad part about that is, is that, you know, you, you know, that there's a certain amount of calmness that comes over me when I know that I'm resolved to the fact that we're splitting the country in half. Right. But it's an uneven half that 90 percent or more of this country stands on the side of being an American and 10 percent of these radical people that want to destroy what we stand for, these globalists. And, and actually, I think about eight or nine percent of those people don't even know that they're standing for something that literally goes against the values of why there were sacrifice for, you know, hundreds of years before. Why, you know, why did we actually go to war with Britain? It wasn't because we just decided we wanted our own land. No, it was because of tyranny. It was because of the oppression that we felt then, the overtaxation, the burdensome nature of how they treated people. That was the thing that drew people to want to have a revolution. And I think that's the thing that we see today is that people are tired of being oppressed. They're tired of being put into a corner. And the, the FBI and the CIA and all of these people run around with impunity doing whatever they want, and then they're not held to account. They're not held to account. I think that's the, the issue is that people are starting to recognize it. They're, they're not stupid people. I mean, the thing that happened with Sussman yesterday is, is it exposed a lot, and I hope that leads to other charges, but I'm not going to lay my hat on hopium. I'm going to lay my hat on the idea that this is a two-tier justice system, and they just want to destroy everything that we stand for, and they want to do it so in making us all slaves, not one color over another, but just everyone's slaves. Well, no, you're absolutely right. Left and right, black and white, gay and straight, it is divisiveness. It's intended to keep us focused on each other and focused on arguing about who um, has the the market capped on morality and who gets to decide, uh, you know, what rights we get to keep this this year um, or this term while they continue to expand government and take those rights away, right? It, it's a distraction. It's meant to distract us. And I think that that is, uh, that's something that I hope, you know, if, if, we, if we accomplish one thing, it's waking people up to the fact that our government is lying to us and that they're trying to distract us so that we're not looking at what they're doing. We're not looking at what the government is doing. We're instead, you know, arguing over left and right and, uh, you know, on, uh, and, and all of these other divisive um, things. We are going to talk about Sussman, uh, who was acquitted yesterday, and we're going to talk about some news that came out from that trial. But uh, Father's Day is coming up, and I think we should sell some cigars. Because, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a father, and Joe is a father, I'm not. I'm a mother. I had Mother's Day. I got flowers. It was lovely. But fathers don't like flowers. They want, they want something better. And uh, Liberty Cigars has assembled the first six presidents in one beautiful cigar collection. These great men guided our nation admirably, admirably from the very beginning in the period known as the Early Republic. Each cigar mirrors the personality of the one so honored. 
The set includes a George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, and John Quincy Adams cigars. In honor of upcoming Father's Day, Conservative Daily audience will receive $17.76 off of the Early Republic series, originally priced at $89. Use the, code, the coupon code LIBERTY at libertycigars.com and uh, take, a, take a, a special and different approach to your Father's Day gift this year. Um, my husband is a cigar smoker, so that is probably what I will go out and do for Father's Day. My, my friends are cigar smokers, too, and they smoked all my cigars. And then Chris, cigars. Chris York, um, who is uh, one of the greatest people, um, he's amazing. He's the one that came forward with how they actually were able to erase the logs. He came and said they were doing it in 2007 when he worked for Sequoia. But uh, he replaced my cigars. So shout out to Chris York. Love you, brother. So uh, before we jump into Sussman and what came out, I want to I want to just talk about a few headlines. You know, we're talking about two tier justice. And I think that that's, a, you know, it's a it's a good segue to this first headline. Um, if you pull up a one, please, Mr. Producer, uh, on Sunday, Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband was arrested on suspicion of DUI in California. Uh, you could pull up the next one, please. Paul Pelosi, the 82-year-old husband of U.S. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, was, suspect, was arrested this weekend on suspicion of DUI in Northern California, police records showed Sunday. Pelosi was taken into custody late Saturday in Napa County, north of San Francisco, according to a sheriff's office online booking report. He could face charges, including driving under the influence and driving with a blood alcohol content of 0.08 or higher. The report said his bail was set for $5,000, less than Eric Coomer's. And, oh, wait, Eric Coomer was never arrested. And the, for the two misdemeanors, um, records show. A uh, good thing to remember about Paul Pelosi, since we're talking about two-tier justice system, is that he did have priors in, this, uh, in, in, uh, in the DUI space. So it shouldn't, he shouldn't have gotten off so easy. But he's the husband of the Speaker of the House. And so he did. You can pull that down, Mr. Pelosi. Wait, wait, so... Can I ask this question? I think he had two, and I don't know this to be a fact, right? So, but the the thing said that he had two previous DUIs. Mm. Is that accurate? I I don't know for sure how many he had, but we know that he had prior DUIs, just like Eric Coomer. And so, I, I, you and know, I know Eric the two are unrelated, Paul Pelosi and Eric Coomer. But you know, suspicion of DUI. I find it interesting that Paul Pelosi gets arrested and and booked essentially, right? I mean, he was he he was given bail, a very low bail. But a bail, nonetheless. Uh, Eric Coomer, they called his, they ca they they called his lawyer and just kind of settled the whole thing on the sidewalk. So and, and he, I, ne I mean, he never went like, to jail. So. Was, and it was like giving, uh, you know, hey, hey do, do me a favor. We got to call his attorney, have his attorney come down here. So what you're saying is, is if he tells the truth, you'll let him go, and he won't charge him. I, this I can't <laughs> not. They, they it took had, him four times to tell the truth, but they still honored that deal, didn't they? <laughs> and and. And they didn't charge him for it. And he got away with a $200 fine. Yeah. And this is why I tell people, if you're on the left or the right, it doesn't matter. I need to wake you up. I need to shake you for a minute and say, listen, even if you're doing the bidding of the radical left, even if they're paying you a little bit of money to do that bidding, you're just a pawn. And at the end of the day, they're going to discard you. And if, if, you, if you don't believe that that's true, then let me just look no further than the VA. So these are people that work in, in our military that, that give up their, that are willing to make the ultimate sacrifice to give up their life to defend you. And how do they treat veterans? 
I don't say anything more. That's all you got to say. You're just a pawn. You're just a pawn. If you're, if you're a mule, you're a pawn. They don't well, care I, about you. I got to read in for one of our sponsors. So I'm really excited to, to have found this bank, uh, Axos Bank. They opened on Independence Day uh, in 2000. They're not crumbling brick and mortar. They're a fully digital bank built on the bedrock of American traditions. Take a look at the rewards checking account where you can earn their highest interest rate. It's a, it's a big one. Listeners can get a $150 bonus when you open, um, open, open up an, an account by July 31st. Big rewards from banks that believe that the freedom to do business without compromise or values. Amazing, right? So go to axosbank.com slash daily for full details. That's A-X-O-S dot com slash daily for all the cash bonus. All you need is $1,500 direct deposit in the first three months of opening your reward checking account. Axos Bank is federally insured, member FDIC, and they're for us, all of us. Axosbank.com slash daily. Go check them out. Think about if uh, if Joe was arrested upon suspicion of DUI, or if I was, or if Donald Trump Jr. was, or you know Ted Cruz, or anybody who's guilty of wrong think, um, anybody who's on the wrong side of the ideological spectrum, would we get the same treatment? Would you get a $5,000 bail if you were arrested for suspicion of drunk driving? Would I get my lawyer called down to the sidewalk and, uh, you know, make, make a deal to make it all go away? No, of course not. They'd throw the book at us. They'd do everything and, that they could. Well, the, and the, the, somebody just pointed out in, a, in, a, in the comments, and I do want to say you're right, that he caused an accident. So he was not just arrested for DUI. We don't even know if someone was injured in this accident. He was charged with, with two misdemeanors. He was booked on a DUI, suspicion of DUI, right? We have to say suspicion of DUI. But he, he was booked. But it wasn't because he just was drinking and he got pulled over. It's because he caused an accident, which could have hurt somebody else. Mm. And then somebody else said that if you had to look at Pelosi every day, you would probably drink 24-7. <laughs> Well, I think it's, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, it's fair to say, right? We see Nancy Pelosi every time she gives a press conference, she looks about a bottle and a half of vodka in, right? It looks like this is a this is something that they share together. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a Pelosi family tradition tradition to be um, wet brained, I guess. So two tier justice system. Um, another another headline I wanted to pull in this. I read this this morning, um, and I don't I don't ha I don't have the number in front of me, but it's the C the CNN article on gas, Mr. Producer. Uh, you can see CNN reports that the cost of gas is harming Democrat reelection prospects. No, no. kidding. <laughs> you don't say. You don't I say. I actually think that it's making their, their prospects better because people like paying more gas prices. And here's what happens with stuff like this, is that the mail-in ballot scheme is designed to steal the voice of people who are the most vulnerable. So I want to I tell you that most people like myself, we vote. But people in the inner city, they don't vote. They don't vote. And so they just, they're like, well, why would I vote? It doesn't do me any good. And so they get their votes. And then the older people, you know, age uh, 88 and up, whether they have dementia or they don't vote. So they got to steal those votes. And now we're watching mules and we're watching those things happen. So it's going to cut out that part. So now the part of the machine becomes more viable. I mean, the, 
That's why D Dominion Voting System, that's why they wrote this whole thing about Dominion Voting System being a, a, a non-fraudulent system. They know it's a fraudulent system. Hmm. They know it's a fraudulent system. They, they certainly did. Could you pull up A4, Mr. Producer? I uh, just want to read a little bit of this. It's been a difficult a year of difficult choices for families in California's 22nd Congressional District, a place Democrats have long eyed as one of their top pickup opportunities as they look to hold on to the U.S. House in this fall's midterms. But as the Golden State contends with the highest gas prices in the nation heading in the nation heading into which is missing next Tuesday's primaries, the financial pain felt by families is overshadowing every other issue. Uh, I think one of the big you can pull it down. I think one of the biggest lies that uh, that the cabal, the the uniparty cartel, keeps telling us is that this this high gas prices is some sort of you know surprise. It's some sort of uh, you know it's Putin's fault. Um, it's because of climate change. Whatever, whatever lies they're this is absolutely the plan, right? So if you ever needed a uh, a you know, more evidence that we're living Obama's third term. You'll remember when Obama was campaigning for president back in 2007, 2008, he said, you will, your, your energy prices are going to necessarily skyrocket. I think that's a direct quote of what he said. This is what they want. Why? Because they want us off fossil fuels, right? So the price of gas being astronomical for Americans at the pump, you know, oh, it's Putin's fault. Oh, it's this. Oh, inflation is transitory. Oh, I was wrong. Inflation isn't transitory. This is all their, their lies, right? Janet Yellen came out yesterday and said, I was wrong about inflation being transitory. She wasn't wrong. She knew exactly what was going to happen because it's obvious. It's Econ 101, right? We're talking macroeconomics here. We're talking, uh, we're, we're talking, we all, we, you know, anybody who, who understands how our American economy works knew what was coming, but it wasn't, re they, they weren't ready to admit it. Yeah, right? At that point, they were still, uh, you know, pushing the, the big recovery line. Um, now, you know, B Biden is saying our, our greatest days are, are ahead of us and, uh, and everything's going to suck. Um, hopefully, the people in California will make different choices this year. Well, I mean, when we, talk about, when we talk about Obama and we talk about Biden and we talk about what's happening in the country... You know, I want to point out something that happened. Do you guys know when the, the great fall was? You know, when we the, when the economy collapsed? You remember when that was? Ash, you remember when that was? Uh, 2008? Was, Are you talking about 2008? It was in October of 2008. Yeah. In October of 2008. Now, if you want to look at who was in office in October 2008, it was Obama. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I want to point something well, out. The it, was, it was 2008 election was his first election. So he wouldn't have been in office until January of nine. 2009. Right. But, but my point is, is that if you look at the, the collapse in 2008 and you look at the, the things that were done in 2008 leading up to Obama taking office, you, and the reason why I was saying this is because if we, you, you talk about the uniparty, you talk about one party that controls everything, right? Yeah. And we see what ha we see what happened with with George Bush and what he did over those eight years. And then what came out of Iraq and Afghanistan, the fact that we deposed of a, a leader in that region and it caused mass suffering. And and it, which is, by the way, not on any different than what happened during the Clinton era. And the eight years that he was Madeleine Albright standing up saying 500,000 kids dying um, in Iraq was definitely necessary. And then you see what happened where we, we took over Iraq. 
and then we just fast forward from taking over Iraq and what has happened in that part of the of the world, and then the transition into Obama. There were certain economic indicators that were put in place that mimic what's happening today, that mimic the things that we're going through today. And in order to curb and create chaos in our environment, they literally have been doing things to stop us from uh, progressing, and and that means uh, disturbing the 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 uh, food supply. And you say, well, how do they do that? Well, we talked before about the uh, CRP land, and they wanted to put another 4 million acres of farmland in the United States into the CRP. 4 million acres where they basically pay farmers not to farm that land. I mean, let me say it again. They have, they, so they're short of that. They've only been able to put up in 2021, 2.9 million acres of the 4 million that they wanted to put under CRP. But basically it was incentivizing farmers not to farm, not to plant food. And you would say, Joe, that's not true. Look it up. Look up Google. Look up CRP land and Biden administration push to take away farmland. And then you start looking at the war that happened in uh, Ukraine. And if I had a big billboard and I was sitting up on a stage and I showed you all the pieces and how they and how they're working, food processing plants went up in flames. We start looking at processing and canning facilities went up in flames. A record number of facilities across the nation went up in flames and that affected the food shortage. And then you have what happened in Ukraine and they're saying, well, you know, a third of the wheat um, uh, supply comes out of Russia or Ukraine. A third. Well, that that's actually not true either. And so they, on one side, they squeeze us on this side, the same that they did on the energies, uh, energy side, but we're looking at a, 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 a chasm between the American people, what we need, what we want, and what this regime wants, what this, what this group of people who are leaders want for our nation. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's reality. That's what we're facing today. And it's not like, oops, you know, oops, oops. It's not like they're making mistakes. This is a calculated game for them. That's right. And in, that, and in that calculation, they want your fuel prices to skyrocket. That's right. why they told you what was going to happen before it happened. They're telling you what they're going to do with, with oil and food and taking away your... They're making all the decisions behind the scenes in order to hurt the American people so that you don't concentrate on your stolen elections. So I want to get back to it and say it again. They set in motion something happened decades ago. Decades ago, they set in motion the ability to steal the voice of the American people. This globalist agenda has been around for 50 years, 100 years probably, but let's say 50 years. And now we sit on the, the cusp of recognizing what that damage they're doing. They couldn't finish it in 2008. Trump was the, the ultimate, uh, I would say, uh, spoiler. Right. And they didn't, realize, they didn't realize how many American people recognize the tyranny in our nation that has taken over leadership. They didn't recognize, they, they, they're like, right, this can't be, they, they, Trump has no chance of winning. We're cheating in the election. He has no chance of winning. And what happened was they had to make sure in 2020 that they, that they took care of, they, they got rid of all ability for us to have a voice at all. And they have done down ticket. Yeah, I think if there's, if you need, if anyone needs more, you know, additional evidence that it is a uniparty cabal, go back through the past 22 years. Look at the choices that you've, that you've had in presidential candidates, for example, um, and look at what, regardless of which party won, what was accomplished. The globalist agenda was expanded exponentially over the past 22 years since the 2000 election, regardless of whether it was Bush or Obama 
that was in pre in in office at the time. And like you said, Trump came in. That was supposed to be a fight between Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton, and Trump came in and and disrupted it. Right? You had for you know forever Bush Clinton, uh, Clinton uh, Dole, Bush Gore. Bush, Kerry, Romney, Obama, McCain, Obama. These are not real choices. These are uniparty cartel choices. And how you know is because you look at the outcome. You look at the results. You look at what they did. And they've expanded the globalist agenda so much so that the globalists sit in Davos and Geneva last week and talk about stripping us of our rights, talk about recalibrating human rights as if they have the uh, the ability or authority to do such a thing. And you really see what we've been living under. And I think you're right. I think people, when Trump ran for office, nobody thought he could win. Um, you know, we thought it had it had it all locked up. But people, uh, the the people, um, saw saw the uh, the I think saw the the alternative right the alternative to the uniparty cabal was Donald Trump and the overwhelming desire of the American people to have an alternative to the uniparty cabal was what got him elected and then I think we saw you know four years of the uniparty cabal doing everything that they could to not let his damage be too bad before they they stole his second term from him and, you know, talking, so, Joe, just real quickly, talking about, uh, you know, going back to 2008 and going back through through all of these years, which is really kind of my entire adult life. My first presidential ele election that I was able to vote in was 2000 Bush Gore. I was in journalism school at the time. But going back brings me back to that crash. It brings me back to all of this. And it reinforces the importance of having a bank that you can rely on. Yeah, so... I want to I want to talk about some of the other things that that we're dealing with right now and the conflicts. So you know, I used to think that that Biden was completely complicit to what's happening, and I think that he is completely oblivious. <laughs> I I think that what's happening with Biden is that he has he has moments where he is completely one hundred percent on point and other most of the time he's not most of the time he's completely you know lost in his own yeah. thoughts and as as we start looking at what what biden's doing right now he's making more and more gaffes i mean he was making gaffes it was every couple they, they kept him out of the limelight now he's saying no no i'm gonna get in the limelight i'm gonna continue to speak yeah i'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna continue to talk. and and so we 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 look at what is we, we look at what Biden is doing right now. He came out, and, and this just rolls into something I, I think is, is interesting, is that Biden came out in his first visit to Asia. This just happened when he went to South Korea, and he is standing in South Korea telling China that if they go into Taiwan, that he is going to militarily defend Taiwan. Now, why that's interesting is because, remember, every everything that is happening behind the scenes, they're orchestrating. The, everyone thinks that quantum computers is a thing of the of the future. No, quantum computers is already here. Right. And the, and, the, and these people on the Democrat side hold the cards to a lot of these uh, technology companies, and so they're using this in order to uh, war game what's happening in our country. But in in the comments that he has. And, you know, Biden's comments, and I'm going to read a little bit of this article, if you can put it up, Mr. Producer, China has the power to take Taiwan, but it would cost an extremely bloody price. 
you know, if we weaken the United States military and we weaken the constitution of the people within that military, then he, as a commander in chief and others, can tell them to stand down. He can put American lives in danger. And, and by the way, God forbid this ever happened. But if you're in the military and you're listening to this, you need to be having conversations with people around you in the military because there is this thing called defending both for, from our, our country from enemies, both foreign and domestic. That is a real thing. And right now we have the enemy within. Now you can, you can have a different philosophical uh, position or ideological position on how you feel the country should run. You can have that. You, you can be LGBTQ, MP, whatever you want to do over here. Uh, you, you can have that even. But you, you can't look at this and say that the United States military hasn't become a political jockeying point or, uh, for the radical left or or the I call it the radical left because even if you're a rhino on the right you're a radical leftist you're, you're just hiding it you're just lying about who you are but you can't look at this and not go we're headed towards I'm just I'm looking at wargaming now yeah I'm wargaming yeah and, and, that, I, and that, go ahead go ahead no, I, I was going to say, you know, we're we're already anticipating war with Russia, right? We we hear the war hawks talking about that, and and now, uh, you know, we'll 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 talk a little bit more about um, about Biden, you know, hinting at at war with China. So a, a multi front war may be in our future, and you know, like uh, like all of these circumstances, it's critical that we have uh, that we have a bank that we can rely on. We're seeing a lot of banks out there that are pandering to current trends at the cost of the consumer, but there's one that's not afraid to make bold decisions that put customers first, even if it's going to make headlines. That's Axos Bank. Do a quick search and you'll see what I mean. This is a bank that's all about integrity, fairness, and the freedom to do business without compromising our values. Take a look at their rewards checking account where you can earn their highest interest rate, and it's a big one. Listeners can get $150 bonus if you open it by July 31st. Go to axosbank.com slash daily for full details. That's axosbank.com slash D-A-I-L-Y. And for that cash bonus, you only need a $1,500 direct deposit within the first three months of opening your rewards checking account. Axos Bank is federally insured, member FDIC, and they're here for us, all of us. Axosbank.com slash daily. Go check them out. So, All right. war with war with China is uh, is on the table. Um, can you pull up the second cut from from that article? Uh, so I think it's you know we have we see we see we see Russia going after Ukraine. We see China going after Taiwan, and uh, Joe Biden is giving strongly worded statements to Beijing that Washington is committed to defending Taiwan militarily which I think was a surprise to all of us. On his first trip to Asia as United States president last week, Joe Biden gave his strongest warning yet to Beijing that Washington was committed to defending Taiwan militarily in the event of an attack from China. Biden's comments, which compared a potential Chinese attack on Taiwan to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, appeared to deviate from Washington's decades-old policy of strategic ambiguity on the issue and seemingly raised the possibility of a military clash between U.S. and Chinese forces. It's the third time Biden has made similar remarks since taking office, and just as on the other two occasions, they were quickly walked back by the White House, which insists its policy has not changed. Uh, so it looks like, you can pull it down, it looks like we're, we're, 
War is back, right? I mean, we had four we had four years of demilitar demilitarization of strengthening our military, but not getting involved in any conflicts. And it looked like, you know, where when we withdrew from Afghanistan, despite the fact that we left all that new equipment, billions of dollars of equipment for our enemies, which now belongs to China because they filled the void in Afghanistan. Uh, so if we're fighting China, we're going to be um, fighting an army that's using our own equipment. Do you think that's right? Well, I think that we're in a place right now where it's, it's, it's not... I don't. I think that China is having conversations with with the U.S. I think this posturing is just a part of the problem. I think that the people in our military are going to end up being the pawns. But as we as we start shedding light on that, we start looking at all the things that the, again we, we were in a boat, right? And the boat has a bunch of holes in it. And last night, um, Tucker Carlson, which I thought was absolutely amazing, broke some news. And Mr. Producer, if you could put this up, C one. This is this is unbelievable. The FBI maintains a workspace, including computer portals inside the law firm of Perkins Coie. The ramifications are significant. And this is, and by the way, this is a whistleblower that came forward to Jim Jordan and Matt Gates. So there's very little that surprises me, but this is completely stunning. An FBI whistleblower came forth to inform Rep. Jim Jordan and Matt Gates that the FBI maintains a workspace inside the law office of Perkins Coie. Now, why this is important? Why is this important, Ash? <laughs> Well, you know, the original topic for this show, which Apollo told me was too long, the subject title of the show I was going to use was uh, Unexpected Sunlight Reveals Complete Lack of Daylight Between Democrat Law Firm and Federal Bureau of Investigation. This is incredible. So this is a, a secure workspace. I'll let you opine on what that might mean from a technology standpoint, but this is the, the law firm that is the lawfare arm of the Democrat National Committee, as well as all of their downstream, uh, you know, state and, and local uh, networks. We have a lot of Perkins Coie lawyers here in Denver. They have offices here. They're good friends with Jenna Griswold. And, uh, you know, Mark Elias left Perkins Coie to create the Elias Law Firm, which is Jenna's actual lawyer. But, you know, you can you can wonder why, right? Uh, why did why did the heads of Perkins Coie leave in the wake of Sussman uh, being arrested in, in Durham's investigation, um, there you know it's it's the old the old shell game of when you're found out you create something new and just continue business as usual, kind of like what they said they're going to do with the disinformation governance board. But this is absolutely stunning. We have the the lawfare arm of the Democrat National Committee, the lawyers who are engaged in fighting the American people at every turn to make sure that this global agenda agenda can be. Um, perpetuated. And what we find from the reporting of Tucker Carlson last night from the conservative treehouse, uh, and, and this story is, is getting legs, is that Perkins Coie was maintaining a secure work environment for the FBI in their offices. Now, what do you think, Joe, that they mean by secure work environment? Idea. I need to do an ad read really quick. So, so this show is brought to you by IP Vanish. If you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet, maybe advertisers know a bit too much about you. If you're, connected, if you're concerned about privacy of your identity, using incognito mode won't always solve the problem either. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. When you, you can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. 
When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rate of 4.6 out of 5 on Trusted Pilot. Go to IPVanish.com slash daily. It's important to use the slash daily. IPVanish.com slash daily. And use promo code daily to save 70% as a conservative daily, daily podcast listener. Um, I also want to tell you that um, if you use IPVanish and you have the, the VPN working when you're in and you try to unlock your car or do things like that, it will not work. You have to disconnect it because the car, the phone itself uses both the IMEI and the IP address collectively to validate who you are. So it will not work if you do not use, if you, if you don't turn it off in some instances. I figured I'd, I'd say that because I've learned that the hard way. Idea. I think that, you know, having, having any FBI in the middle of the DNC or Hillary Clinton's offices are a problem. And, and, you know, I think that, and what I want to get to, and I think we should play it is, um, but by going through this, they're, they're, they're basically saying, again, what I said before is that they have two different, different pathways of justice. One pathway of justice is 100% towards protecting themselves, and the other one is persecuting anyone that disagrees with their opinion. And they've carried that ethos downstream and how they've treated everyone. Every, remember, everyone says that, it's, that we're, we're dealing with um, uh, that we're conspiracy theorists. We're the bad guys that, that we, we, we actually are just making this stuff up. We're just bringing it out of thin air. And I want to get back to the thing about the elections, stolen elections have consequences. They are gaslighting the American people and trying to convince them that a lie is the truth. And it happens all the way downstream. Again, I'm Captain Obvious for just a minute, but if you look at what happened with Eric Coomer and Dominion Voting Systems and, oh, I wasn't on that call. They want to literally take all, compartmentalize all the bad things that Eric Coomer is. All of those, and they want to put it into a box and say, nothing to see here. Please don't look at that. And I'm going to hammer it home every single day. Every single day, I'm going to hammer it home that this As guy literally th this guy literally is just absolute trash. And you can say whatever you want. This guy went around the country making fun of Americans. M making fun of Americans. And maybe we should play... And, and, I, and I don't want to get on the Eric Coomer train, but we have a judge that literally violated every procedure and every law and said, I found Joe to be uncredible. They found me not to be credible. Walking past all the things that Eric Coomer did. Every lawyer that I've talked to has said, Joe, I read the deal with Marie Moses, and not only is she out of line, but she's showing herself to be a partisan hack. As a part, I said she, would, she marched with Antifa. She marched with Antifa. I now have witnesses that will come forward and say she was at the Antifa rallies. She was with her daughter holding up a sign saying that she would burn down the community. That's the judge in the case with Eric Coomer. That's, that's reality. And yet these people want to tell us that there's nothing to see here. While they have an FBI office in the middle of of the Perkins Coie law firm, which represents and basically is the law firm for Hillary Clinton and the DNC. And they have what? law offices everywhere. And so I look at this and I go, all right, 
at some point, at some point, we're going to have to reconcile the fact that these people are running a criminal enterprise. And I think that, I think Tucker Carlson says it very well. I want to play this video if we can, but this right here from a whistleblower from inside an FBI whistleblower, which shows you that there are some good people in the FBI that are saying, hey, it's now, we, we, are, we are the underground and we've got to stop what's happening now. Let's go ahead and play B1. So much going on, you may have missed this. A jury today comprised of several Hillary Clinton donors acquitted a lawyer called Michael Sussman of lying to the FBI. Now, who's Michael Sussman? Sussman is a former partner at the law firm Perkins Coy, the biggest Democratic firm, the firm that represented Hillary Clinton's campaign. And in that capacity at Perkins Coy, Sussman laundered false information about the Trump campaign to the FBI. So a pretty tight relationship between Sussman and the FBI. We're learning tonight much more about the connection between the FBI and Sussman's former law firm, Perkins Coy. Congressman Matt Gates and Jim Jordan have just received a letter from Perkins Coy's attorneys. This show can report exclusively that in that letter, Perkins Coy admits the FBI has maintained a, quote, secure work environment within Perkins Coy offices for more than a decade, going back to 2012. What? According to the letter, quote, Perkins Coy is responsible to the FBI for maintaining the secure work environment. That workspace, whatever it is, is still in operation today. Ever heard of anything like this? No one we spoke to has. Matt Gates is the man who found this. He's, a, of course, a member of Congress from the state of Florida. He joins us tonight. Congressman, thanks so much for coming on. Um, this is bizarre. Tell us what it is and what you think it means. We got a report from a whistleblower that we confirmed through multiple admissions, including this letter, showing that the Democrat Party's law firm, the law firm that received $42 million from the Democratic Party, has this co-located workspace that they operate in concert with the FBI. Why in the world would that be the case? Why would Christopher Wray allow it to continue? Then you also have to ask yourself, why within the last 12 months was the person on behalf of Perkins Coy operating that uh, that work site, Michael Sussman himself. And we heard through this trial that you just referenced that the FBI believed Michael Sussman was lying to them in 2017 when he was shuttling false information about Trump into the intelligence process. And now we learned for four years after that lie, Michael Sussman was in fact operating this secure work environment. So what reason would there be for that and what leverage would the Perkins law firm have over the FBI given this work they're doing together? So I, I know that this story to the extent they can will be ignored by the media and to the extent they can ignore it they'll say well this is just normal there are good reasons for this you're an attorney you serve with a lot of other attorneys this is not normal correct? I have spoken to former federal prosecutors on the Judiciary Committee and throughout the country, and I have not heard any describe a relationship like this with a private law firm, and especially because Michael Sussman was an election lawyer. Why in the world would an election lawyer be operating this facility in this way? And our concern is that politically motivated dirt was being converted into politically motivated investigations. That's why Jim Jordan and I are making demands for answers on Christopher Ray 
immediately, and it's, all, it's my hope, certainly, that we shut this facility down. The Democratic Party shouldn't have this special access, special portal to the FBI, especially knowing what we do now, that they were often trying to take this opposition research and then use that for law enforcement and counterintelligence purposes. Yeah, you can't politicize the country's biggest law enforcement agency. I mean, that's completely third world, and you've borne the brunt of that, uh, as, as we both know. Congressman Matt Gates of Florida, I appreciate your breaking that story for us tonight. Thank you. Amazing. We'll stay on him. Thank you, Tucker. He's so a portal, I wanna, which I thought was interesting. I, I want to point out something as well. Sussman worked for Perkins Coie prior to being indicted. Mm -hmm. so, so I want to point out the fact that John Durham is, and all the things that happened in this case, who the, who the judges that was appointed, um, who worked on the case, Perkins Coie has now the FBI in their office. You don't think that they actually know with, with John Durham what's happening on the investigation? This is an inside job. Yeah. This is 100% an inside job where they can do and say whatever they want and get away with it. And then they stand on, you know, you know there, was, there was somebody this morning that said that it was jury nullification. That that's in essence what happened with the jury is that they were like, no, 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 it was the ends meets the means. We're just going to let it happen. And they picked from a pool and in an area. Same thing they did with, with Eric Coomer. And I want to point this out. Eric Coomer went to downtown Denver in order to file his case against myself, Trump, Sidney Powell, all the people that I talked to about his involvement on a phone call back in September of 2020. Okay, His involvement. So he went to downtown Denver. There was no one, no one that was in Denver, Colorado. No one. No one was domiciled in Denver, Colorado. There was no connection in Denver, Colorado. There was no business. There was no, there was zero people that lived in Denver. There were zero businesses that did business in Denver. There was zero, zero. So they just went, he just went down to Denver into the bluest area in the state, a place where they feel like they can control everything. And they just jumped right in and said, we're going to sue Mr. Oltman and all these people for slander in this area where we can control the judge. And you know what they did? They controlled the judge. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened with the FBI having an office in Perkins Coie. They control it. They knew that the indictment was coming down. And he stands up there and is as cool as a cucumber like Eric Coomer did on the side of the street when he ran into a building. Same thing. And said, up. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm so glad that the truth came out. I did not lie to the FBI. We are, we are in a place that is, is unbelievable. But I, but I want to I put this up if I can, if, if we can. And, and that is uh, the filing, if we, if we can get to it, Mr. Producer. This is, this is unbelievable. Can we put that up? Here we go. So NSA examines all queries using identifiers for U.S. persons targeted pursuant to Section 704 and 705B of FISA using the, and this is a redacted, this is a redacted document from November 1, 2015 to May 1, 2016. Based on examination, NSA estimates that approximately 45% of those queries representing blank queries conducted by approximately blank target offices were not compliant with the applicable minimum minimization procedure. Many of these non-compliant queries involve the use of the same identifiers over different date ranges. Even so, a non-compliance rate of 85% raises substantial questions about the propriety of using the blank to query FISA data. 
While the government reports that it is unable to provide a reliable estimate of the number of non-compliant queries since 2012, there is no apparent reason to believe that the November 2015 to April 2016 period coincided with an unusual high error rate. So what so, do you think of that? Yeah, this is so this is from the NSA. This is in the Conservative Treehouse article. We're going to pull a few a few different um, samples from this article. And Mr. Producer, it'd be great if we could put that in the chat. Drop the link to that article in the chat. So this is a uh, a compliance review of FISA 704 and 705 um, requests. And what they found, what the NSA found, is that 85% of those requests, queries conducted by approximately a redacted number of targeted offices were not compliant with the applicable minimization period. So I think, and I, this is not my area of expertise, but I think this goes back to what we saw with General Flynn, right, of FISA non-compliance, of going in and getting information and, and um, you know, unmasking and, and surveilling American citizens in violation of the law, right? That's what we saw with General Flynn, speculated that this happens all the time. The Pfizer review in, in uh, General Flynn's case, they found, I think it was 17 error, uh, 17 um, issues with the, the Pfizer requests surrounding General Flynn's case. And, oh, this is terrible. This is horrible. We can't allow this to happen. We heard from the Pfizer court that they were going to be changing their processes and et cetera, et cetera. And what we see here, is that 85% of these requests were non-compliant with the law, with the lawful requirement to protect American identities and to protect the privacy of American citizens. And this is from the NSA. The NSA found an 85% non-compliance rate. Um, I, I may be getting that wrong, but that's what it, that's what it jumps into my, that's what jumps into my head as I read this. And certainly as I was reading the, this article last night. So, so you have evil people, by the way, I want to, I want to point this out. You have evil people that stick together. They remain, they remain quiet. They do what they want. They have an FBI office. Um, they're doing these queries and, and, and let me just get to this if we can on C4, it says non-compliant queries since 2012, 85% of the FBI and contractor searches are unlawful. Contractor searches. Many of the searches involve the use of the same identifiers over different data ranges. So, so the reason the non-compliant searches go back to 2012, the same data mentioned that the FBI portal will begin operating inside the Perkins Coie office. You understand this? This actually ties back. So, so everyone that's paying attention now, this ties back to Perkins Coie. This is basically base of operations for the Democrats. And if you go back to 2012 and the things that they were able to do, they have weaponized, they have created an entire grid of really evil, bad people. These are really evil people that are persecuting Americans. And they're creating, by the way, they're creating environments where they can siphon off capital from companies to nonprofit NGOs. That's why 2000 Mules was so important, so impactful. They are siphoning off, siphoning off money into nonprofits, NGOs, and then using those to steal the voice of the American people and to change the landscape of our nation to this globalist environment. This is why this is so important. This is not conspiracy theory. This is not conspiracy theory. And by the way, I want to say it again. If you're one of those little radical leftist ebits, I call them ebits, 
right? Journalists, people that are doing the biddings of these people. At the end of the day, you're going to run out of food too. And they're going to choose whether or not you make it or don't make it. And if you don't make it, they're going to kill you. And you won't have a voice. And if, and if you don't think that this is what's really happening in our country, look no further than what they did in the 1940s in Germany. They exterminated a lot of people. It's not just the Jews that were killed. You had, you had 4 million Poles that were killed, Polish people that were killed. The Russian people were killed. I mean, it, it, they literally killed anyone with impunity. And when they, when they ran out of place, or if you were a resistor and you resisted them in any way, if you didn't agree with them in any way, which is, which is what you're seeing now. You have leaders across different areas that are like, wait a minute, hold on a second. So I've stood up with Black Lives Matter. I've stood up with, with this uh, gender fluidity, CRT, whatever it is. And, and now you're attacking people in my entire environment and we're, our lives are miserable. And you see them standing up saying, whoa, 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 I didn't sign up for this. That's what, what did you expect would happen? What did you think was going to happen? Did you think they were kumbaya and they're going to remember your face? They don't care about you. You're a pawn in their sick little game. Useful idiot. We talk about useful idiots. And, on the, and by the way, in our circles, we have people that are standing up and standing in the gap that are creating controlled opposition. That is happening every day. You have people that are standing up literally taking shots at people that are good Americans that are doing the work that they need to do and saying, oh, you're a patriot. You're a pa so, so I'm going to address this. This patriot stuff, the P-A-Y-T-R-I-O-T. Okay, so I was successful long before any of this happened. I was. Like I, I worked 12, 18 hours a day, every day. I still work those hours now, but I was successful. If I would have never opened my mouth, I'd have been more successful. I would have sailed off into the sunset. So I go out. And I try to help people in the community. I set up this organization called FEC United. Now, the FEC United isn't as important as maybe when it all started, which was the reopen Colorado. As I saw my friends burning to the ground, I, their businesses were burning to the ground. They were closing at an, an alarming rate. My friend had his bank account, uh, the, the line of credit, cut off because the bank was worried that day that the stocks dropped by 1,000 points in one day. Oh, we're going to cover our bases. We're going to cut it off. So he committed suicide. So that is what that was the precipice. That was the thing that pushed me, the trigger that pushed me into standing up for people in the reopen Colorado movement. Again, it didn't affect me. It had no effect on me at all. My business was still doing well. We had large businesses that we represented. We had universities and and, and big companies that we represented. They weren't going to turn off their budgets. But I stood in the gap and I said, no, this isn't right. They have legally taken the Constitution, balling it up and throwing it in the trash. I have no aspirations to run for office. I had no aspirations to do anything other than to protect the people in my community. But if you go back in time, you'll see that I've done that for decades, standing up for those most vulnerable, working in environments where we help kids get quality educations. And then you have the trash out there that wants to, to, to indict my character for standing up. That's when, that's when you know that they have no character. They have none. They'd rather cheat on their taxes for, for decades, get free educations to Ivy League schools, try to sell you on the scheme of how you can, you can cheat. And I'm talking about one person in particular. I, I wrote it all down. These are the people that are out there calling me a patriot, P-A-Y-T-R-I-O-T, that I should go broke protecting the American people. So when I go out there and ask, hey, can you guys help me? I mean, I got 
and I raised $90,000. These are the people that are going out there saying, I wish I had $90,000 to, to renovate my home. My house started getting renovated in April of 2020. It was finished before I ever came forward with the Eric Coomer stuff. Excuse me. No, it wasn't. It was paid for before that. I moved in a month and a half later because I had to live in an RV in front of my house with plates around my bed so that if someone came to take shots at me, that they wouldn't kill my wife and I. Oh, but I'm a patriot, P-A-Y-T-R-I-O-T. I'm not to be trusted. And these are the people that are mad at me because I took a, a line in the sand and I said, I'm finished. These are the people that walked around and said, and I'm sorry to get on a tirade about this, Ash, you're just going to have to listen to it. But these are the people that walk around saying that Mike Lindell is selling too many pillows. These are the people that walk around saying, oh, Joe, didn't you murder a bear in your own uh, neighborhood and offer up a reward? Because the story was, is that, oh, we, we took care, we found the person that actually killed the bear. So this person twists it and says that I'm the one that killed the bear. These same people say, Joe, you put illegal material on your hard drive and your computer at your house, or excuse me, at your, at your business, which never happened. And then these same people say, oh, Joe, you're under criminal investigation. You know what? If I'm under criminal investigation, it's probably for the people that are sitting in Perkins Coie's FBI office. Because I've never done anything illegal. I overpay on my taxes. But again, I want to come back to the part calling me a patriot, P-A-Y-T-R-I-O-T. These are the people that walk around trying to soil people's reputations. These are the people on our side. They don't care about anything but themselves. They've never stood up and, and tried to go to bat for anyone other than themselves. Matter of fact, they sit back and they're like, ooh, I, you know, maybe, maybe you shouldn't say that. Maybe you shouldn't say that because that's, oh my gosh, that's risky. In an environment where people's lives are burning to the ground. So you have the unselfish people that will do anything for people that even people that they will never know their name. And I will count myself among them. And then you have the other people over there calling people patriots, spending all of their time criticizing the work that not only I do, but Mike Lindell does, that Seth Keschel does, Kanakoa does, I can go down the line, Ann Vandersteel does, Mike Flynn does, Professor Dave Clements, Aaron Clements. I mean, I could make it just a line, CanCon. I, I could make, I could just draw uh, Sean Smith, Ash. I mean, I, I, could, I could literally draw a line in the sand and show you all the people that are doing a lot of great work. And then I could show you the ones that stand behind the line that are doing nothing but firing at the people that are trying to do the good work in order to save this nation. So the Perkins Coie thing is a big deal but it just shows you more of what we're dealing with. And those people taking shots at us from our side that are, that are saying things, ridiculous things, like if you're not standing up and going out with me, that you're for sex trafficking. Well, I got news for you. I built a system to go through the dark web to, to identify people long before it was cool to talk about sex trafficking. To identify those people that are trying to get to children and women that are being exploited and the people that are being exploited. I built that system nearly, nearly five years ago before it was even talked about. And so these are the problems, Ash, that I have with what we're dealing with in our, in our communities right now. This is the sunlight. All right, Patriots, that's it for part one of this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. We'll see you on part two coming up next. God bless you all and God bless America.